Amen. All right, well, it is so good to be back with you again. I've been gone for a month, and it has felt like a year, and it is so good to finally be back together. Uh, Today we're going to be continuing or starting a new series that's about membership. So if you brought up your worship guide with you, you can actually uh, read the scripture that we're going to be preaching from. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. And Liz Simpson, when we come to that point, can I have you read that out loud for us? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 through 31. Um, So uh, anybody and everybody is welcome at the church, to Fethiye Community Church. You can be a Muslim, you can be an atheist, you can be a deist, you can be from whatever background of Christianity you want. Everybody is welcome at the church. But for those who are going to lead and serve and take ownership, we invite you to be a member of the church. Uh, If you're not a member yet, I'm going to have about six weeks to try to convince you to be a member. So uh, the goal of membership is not to join some weird cult. We're actually inviting you to do two things. One is to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and to believe in him as your savior. And the second is to commit yourself to a local church. Christianity is a radical commitment to both God and man. This love requires often sacrifice, humility, grace, But this love, this type of relationship between God and man will change your life for all eternity. I actually believe that church membership is one of the greatest privileges in the entire world. And one of the most rewarding things that we could strive to uphold as a church. And yet it is one of the things fought against most in modern Christian culture. Over the, le- over the next several weeks, we're going to be studying the scriptures about this point, membership. But as we get started, I also want to offer to anybody who wants it, we've made a book that the goal of this book is just to show what we believe and what it means to get involved with Fete Community Church. So these are available downstairs at the table. You can take it. Essentially, the sermons we're going to be going over the next couple weeks are just going to be the chapters from this book. So this is available to anybody who wants it downstairs. If there's not enough copies, come talk to me personally and I'll get one to you. The goal of this is to help people know who we are, what we believe, and how to get involved. Now, on the topic of church membership, there is so much to talk about But there is no greater place for us to start than to start with the Word of God. So, Liz, could I actually have you come up here so everybody can hear you? Uh, We're going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 through 31. You can follow along either in your Bible or in your phone or in the worship guide provided. Let's read this together. Okay. But just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. 
If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I haven't any need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Liz. Okay, so as we get started, let me just ask a few questions. I want us to just receive this and think about it seriously. Who... Are you? How do you define you? Where do you belong? Who is your community? Just let us think about that for a second. Now, why does this matter? Well, as the famous quote said in many different ways goes, show me your friends or show me your community and I'll show you your future. Who we are matters significantly. Who our community is matters significantly because church membership is more important than we think. People throughout history and in every culture have been obsessed with identity. Personal identity, corporate identity. With belonging and community. We are trying to fix all of this All of this pursuit in definition is us trying to fix what happened in the Garden of Eden. In the beginning of all things, in the book of Genesis, God created mankind to be in fellowship. To be in fellowship, first and foremost, with himself, but also with each other. And his or her value would come from this relationship that flows from God. When we are in the, a right relationship with God, 
we are also, as a byproduct, in a right relationship with everything else created on the face of the planet. But when Adam and Eve sinned against God, it broke their relationship with Him. And therefore, it broke our relationships with each other and broke our identity as human beings. So since that time in the garden, every human being is born looking for identity, whether we know it or not. We're looking for value and belonging. Where do I fit in this world? One person said this, everyone is born afraid. And we are in need of outside support, love, care, and affirmation. This is why gangs... Specific occupations, clubs, families, marriages, friendships, political parties, ethnicities, and so many other things are so highly valued is because we want to belong. We all want to belong to something, to be truly loved, cared for, and needed. The problem with our world's identity crisis, however, didn't first start with Adam and Eve and their conflict with each other. Or let me say it like this. Our identity crisis didn't start as a human conflict. Our identity crisis started with our conflict with God. The problem is that we lost the only thing that can truly give us purpose and identity and belonging which is a relationship with God himself. This is why when we talk about membership, the first invitation is for us all to put our faith in Jesus Christ. The remedy for our world's greatest issues has never been more food, more money, more education, or justice alone. Those are all important. But God sent forth Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Why? To seek and save sinners. Or another word that is used is to seek and save the lost. Now the word lost shows, shows us that we used to belong to something or somewhere, but we were lost through sin. God's merciful plan of redemption is twofold. First, To bring us back to himself. But second, to bring us back together. Ephesians 2, 16 through 19 says this. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. He's talking about two different people groups, two segregated people groups. And Paul says, the goal of the cross is to bring us and reconcile us both together in one body through the cross and thereby killing the hostility. And he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit To the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members, members of the household of God. 
Church membership is first about our relationship with God. As the verses say, Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. But it is also about our relationship with the church. As the verse continues, so that we might be citizens with the saints and members, altogether members of the household of God. Jesus changes our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationships with each other. So many people define who they are based on what that they can what they can do or who they have who are they or who they are connected to, but God wants us to find our identity based on his love for us and our belonging. Really belonging. Take off the mask, wear a t-shirt and shorts, belonging to the church. Now, when we talk about church membership, it involves three primary things. As Christians, we belong to God. We belong to the global, universal church in every nation, tribe, and tongue. And we belong to the local church. Now, over the next several weeks, we will be primarily looking at our membership in regards to our commitment and belonging to a local church. And specifically, since there's only one in this city, to FHK. Many people have said that they belong to Christ and his global church, but refuse to commit to any local church. This is one of the most common things in our world today. This, however, is impossible. Our commitment and belonging to Christ and his global church is seen through our commitment to one specific body of Christ. As we look at God's commands throughout the Bible on how we are called to live the Christian life, life in general, we will soon see that following Christ means committing to a local, knowable group of believers called the church. Now, let me just hand out, could I have, um, hey Charlotte, could you come here and just hand out some of these? I don't think I have enough for everybody, so this is just a lesson in sharing and caring. Actually, you can give out this one as well. I want us to look, um, there's a graph on the front and then there's some verses on the back. We're going to get to the graph, but let's first start by looking at the verses on the back of the piece of paper. Now I want us to look at all of these commands that God has spoken to Christians. Okay, Every Christian in every nation, tribe, and tongue. But I want us to look at the specific way in which it says part of our following Christ is actually connected to the one another factor of this room. Ready? Let's figure out how can we follow Christ without knowing individual Christians. How do we do this? Be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you. Instruct one another. 
Greet one another with a holy kiss. When you come together, eat. When you come together to eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Serve one another in love. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Bear with each other. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Spur one another on toward love and good work and good deeds. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Live in harmony with one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Use whatever gift he has, he has received to serve others. And finally, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. The emphasis on all of these verses is how we interact with each other. Whether we like it or not, I know that the church is difficult. But to follow Christ also means to love and care for each other. All of these commands go hand in hand with a life in a local body of Christ. Church membership includes life together. Loving and serving each other out of reverence for Christ. Church membership without knowing brothers or sisters' names is not membership. Healthy membership is a blessing to everybody involved and it greatly, greatly glorifies our Lord. Healthy church membership causes the gospel to spread, causes disciples to be made, causes growth in us personally and in the local church corporately. It creates a safe place to grow, love, heal, change, and practice the gifts that God has given us. Healthy church membership includes three aspects. A commitment to Jesus, a commitment to church leadership, and a commitment to one another. Now, if you look at the handout that was provided, you will see that only two, if only two out of three is done, it makes for an unhealthy church. Look at the graph on the back of the piece of paper I just gave. We need, in regards to church membership, we need all three things. If you have a commitment to Jesus and to church leadership, do you see how that works? Cover one of the circles. If you only commit to Jesus and church leadership, but won't commit yourself to loving or serving the church, you are only a consumer wanting to be served but refusing to serve and commit yourself to a body. Now let's close to the other one. If you have a commitment to Jesus and the church, but won't submit to church leadership, you're merely a rebel. This happens often when we love the church, but don't like the way it's being led. And therefore, rather than humbly seeking to serve and bring change over time, we protest and often it causes division. And finally, if you have a commitment to the church and to leadership, but not to Jesus, 
You're only at best an actor playing the role of a good Christian, but not being one truly from the heart. In order for this church to have healthy membership, we must commit to God, to each other, and to the leadership that God has established for the time. Now, I want to hit just a couple things as we walk through church membership today. First is belonging. We are called to belong. Brothers and sisters, we are called to a new way of life that is radically transformed by the gospel. We belong to one another and must take responsibility for each other. The picture that Paul gives us from the text that we read today from 1 Corinthians is of a human body made of different parts. Some are seen and some are unseen, and yet all of them absolutely crucial to the flourishing of life. When we see somebody disabled or missing a limb or their body is not working right, we don't rejoice. We mourn because it's not Right. If we could look at this church and see half of the members limb and not wanting to be involved, how could we fulfill the mission of God when half of us are not alive? Christ's body is filled with different people, with different skills and gifts, and yet uniquely brought together by God. I love the fact that I don't choose who's a part of the church. God does. I don't know all of your backgrounds, your talents, giftings, weaknesses, or strengths, but I do know this. If you believe in Jesus, you belong here. We belong together. The eye cannot say to the foot, I have no need of you, nor the hand to the nose. We have been brought together perfectly designed for our good and for God's glory. As we spend the next several weeks talking about the church, I pray that God heals us from bad past church experiences, unites us greater than any friendship we've ever had, and gives us a sense of identity that could never be found in this world alone. All of us have tried to define ourselves at times with our own achievements or communities or upbringings or religious background. But if we're honest, we all have a God-sized hole inside that nothing can fill except God alone. As we begin this whole series, we need to understand that membership comes with a price tag that none of us can afford. None of us deserve to be members in God's household or can achieve the status of membership. Doesn't matter how much you come or serve, membership has to be a gift given by God to each one of us. Church membership is God's idea. He begins it by saving us and adopting us into his global family. Our salvation is not by our own good, nor our membership by our own choice. 
This salvation and membership is a gift from God. Membership doesn't start by coming to church. It starts by believing in Jesus. It is a gift given by God and received by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the foundation we all start on. We were divided from God and man through sin, but Jesus came into the world to seek and save the lost. Today, as we close, I want us to remember our need of Jesus' victory. That he rose above our divisions and our self-made identities. Above God's wrath that we all deserved and above all worldly divisions. Black, white, rich, poor, or any other divisions that this world has come up with. A life together with God and man is only possible because of what Jesus died to gain. And we are reminded of this great truth as we come together at the table of the Lord for communion. Communion is a proper word for gathering together around the Lord's table. All of us are in need of that grace. As we close, let us reflect on all that we've heard. We have just given a brief introduction to membership and a call for you to belong. Membership is a call from God to build a new community from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Over the next several weeks, will you consider together this great call? Its privileges, its requirements, its holiness that makes it unlike any other relationship that you have ever experienced on, on the face of this planet. As we close, let us spend a few moments in silence, uh, as silence as we go downstairs and gather around the Lord's table. I want us to consider our love for one another. Church membership is a hard commitment because it requires, in one sense, us defining ourselves by ourselves. We are called to define ourselves first through Christ and second together. A hand alone is not a body, nor is an eye. And when a hand and an eye get together, it doesn't make sense at first, but as it gets fit in the divine plan of God, we begin to say over time, this is where I belong. Now I'm working the way God has created me to be. So let's stay quiet, but let's go downstairs And then we'll all transition together into a time of communion.